we're out of the office, but I, I wanted to send you this postcard. I'm at the Chicago Botanic Garden. It is packed in here. There's a line hundreds of people long waiting to get in. Uh, again, this is a botanic garden. Uh, and the room I'm in is the center of it all. It's a kind of crowded greenhouse. And we are all surrounding the corpse flower. Imagine like a tulip bud um, big enough to play professional basketball. It's six feet tall. And all week long, they've been anticipating that it's going to bloom, which would be the first time this has happened for this plant. And it's 12 years old. Here's uh, Greg. I'm Greg Mueller. I'm chief scientist and vice president for science here at the Chicago Botanic Garden. So um, what was supposed to happen was that the uh, after these 12 years, the flower was supposed to come up, and, and then what? So what would have happened is that spathe would have opened up on its own. So the spathe, the thing he's describing, is basically like this cabbage leaf-looking thing that surrounds the, the giant shaft of this plant. And when that happens, it's associated with the plant heats up and it volatilizes this odor that smells like rotting meat, which attracts the carrion feeders, which come in, and that's timed with when the flower, the female flowers are ready to be pollinated. So this one was finally ready, but then something happened and it didn't. So now it'll basically die back. For the next three, five, seven years, it'll send up the leaf build up the energy reserves in the in the corm, and then flower again. So Spike will return. The nickname of this uh, corpse flower is, is Spike. They call it Spike. And we'll have the return of Spike. In your career, have you ever um, experienced one blooming on its own? This was my first, so I'm kind of disappointed. It's <laughs> like everybody else. I was really looking forward to this. So 12 years in the making, and it's not going to open. Um, so what they're doing today is opening it up themselves. They have a, a couple scientists who are going to cut off that cabbage-looking thing, and it is a huge event. This is, it's like botany Lollapalooza in here. I, I think what it is, people have heard about the smell of this plant. Um, here's Mike, and, and they're sort of craning their necks to get a look at the plant. They did say it would smell like rotted flesh or really stinky stuff, so. Uh, corn chips and porta potty Corn chips and porta potty. <laughs> so it's called the corpse flower because, like everyone says, it smells like rotting flesh. Another reason they might call it the corpse flower is because its scientific name is Amorphophallus titanum, which uh, I believe translates to huge misshapen penis. Just felt like I should mention that. Now o over here, there are a couple people standing together: um, Susan and and Mary. And tell me what you're here for the surgery of our baby. <laughs> I have to say, there, you know, there's probably 50 people in this room. You look like the biggest fan of the corpse flower. Oh, well, I am a huge fan. I am. I drove all the way from Clarendon Hills just to, just to see it. Can you, for people that can't see, can you describe what you're wearing? Well, I, I'm wearing a spike shirt and, and a, a botanic hat and, and a, a spike pin. <laughs> So yeah, so what's your, uh, what's your expectation of what's about to happen? Well, I think it's going to be fascinating to see it opened up. And, you know, I know they're really disappointed. I feel so sad for the Botanic Gardens, but it's still beautiful. It really is. And it's, you know, once-in-a-lifetime thing for a lot of people. So This is the world's largest flower. Yeah, it yeah. is. And were you, were you following the updates all week? Oh, yes. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. I've been here for three weeks every other day. Wow. 
Yes. <laughs> On Monday, I looked at it and I said it looks a little tired. But then this last Friday, which was a couple days ago, it looked like it was getting rounder, like you know, like expectancy to open. Yeah. So I had good hope. And then we heard on television that it, it will not, they're yeah. going to do it manually. Yeah. Guess Spike's just shy. I think so. <laughs> but now he's really in for it. Yeah. He would have been happier opening on his own. <laughs> well, thank you all so much. Great to meet you both. Bye. Bye. Can I just say, it's, it's so crowded. I just walked by this woman, sort of squeezed between two people. And this woman who looks like a grandmother um, said, uh, told me I better not get in her way. In one corner of the room, uh, trying to get a look at the plant, I find Betty and Chris. It's weird that it attracts, this flower attracts flies and us, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's because it's so rare. Yeah. yeah. So are you both um, generally into botany? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were undergraduates in botany together. Oh, okay. So you've probably heard about this plant for a long time. Uh, yes, yeah, we're pretty much aware of it, yep. So is this like, for, is this like meeting a famous person that you've heard about? Yeah, it's kind of like if you're into sports and a celebrity's there and it offering a photo op, you know, this is, this is the uh, botany person's equivalent. This is the LeBron James of plants. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, they, they've just turned the fans off. We're at the moment where they are removing that, the, the spade. And I don't know if you can make it out, but try and listen for the camera clicks here. So they just said that it's not just the smell that attracts the beetles, but the uh, color of the flower looks like dead meat, too. Pretty gross. Oh, it's really deep purple. Maroon. It does, I mean, it, it does feel sad. It is sad, yeah. We were hoping they'd be able to collect some pollen. It's also, I mean, uh, so it's 12 years old, right? It's old. <laughs> and it starts it's out from a you know, tiny little corm, and then it grows and grows and grows, and it doesn't mature for 10 to 15 years before it blooms. And it blooms, and now it's going to rest for a few more years before it's going to try again. So we've been waiting 12, maybe 15 years for kind of a disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just make the next bloom that much more exciting. Absolutely. I should tell you, support for this podcast and the following message about support for this podcast comes from stamps.com. Going to the post office takes up valuable time and leasing a postage meter is expensive. With Stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for all of your letters and packages for a no-risk trial and bonus offer for How to Do Everything listeners. That's you. Go to Stamps.com today, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in everything. That's Stamps.com. Enter everything. I can tell you, no chance any of the stamps you get 
will smell like corn chips and porta potties. Uh, I should say it's unlikely. That's it for today's show. I guess what I learned today is um, life is disappointing. You can hope and hope for something to happen, and it will disappoint you. Even if you are hoping for something terrible, that possibly the worst smell in the natural world um, will be filling the room you're in, even if that is your hope, you may still be disappointed. How to Do Everything was produced this week with uh, pretty much no help from anyone. Our intern is Spike, the corpse flower, who we hope will someday find the energy and the strength to reproduce. Good luck, Spike. And Godspeed. Mike will be back with me next week. Unless, of course, he also fails to bloom. <laughs>